This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Batter up. Ah, there we go. Are we live? Are we live? Hi, Facebook. Hello, Facebook. I'm waiting till my actual stream shows up on my screen because uh, I'm trying. I'm going to try to actually monitor the questions myself this time. We'll see how well that works out. But anyway, hello, <laughs> Facebook. Welcome to a pod of their own. I am Allison McCaig, and this is episode 54 of a pod of their own. And I am joined this week by my lovely co-host, Linda Surovich. Hi, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Maggie Wigan. Hi, Maggie. Hi, Allison. Um, so this is another Q&A live pod. So go to the Mason Avenue Facebook page, ask us questions. You're already there if you're hearing this right now. Um, but tell your friends to, to come ask us some questions. Um, but before we answer uh, the questions that show up in the feed, which I will attempt to monitor myself, last time we had the lovely podcast dad, Brian Salvatore, helping us out. This time Brian is otherwise occupied, so I'm going to attempt to multitask. We'll see how well that goes. But in the meantime, we did get some questions ahead of time, so we'll start with those. Um, so we'll start with a dear friend of the show, Ellen. Um, she asked us, what do you think about all the comments that Polar Bear was subjected to after that unflattering pic uh, went on Instagram yesterday? She asked us that on Twitter. Um, and I can only assume that she means the, like, picture during, like, when all the Mets were posting the, like, sun's out, guns out pictures and Pete Alonzo, like, 
had there was a picture of him like was he was he running and it he kind of looked like he had a bit of a belly in the picture and so there was there was some some uh questionable comments surrounding that photo um yeah fat shaming isn't cool you guys it doesn't matter whether it's like you know, it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter whether it's an athlete or a regular person or a man or a woman or anything in between. It's not cool to fat shame. Or someone you don't like. Like, yeah. have a good reason to not like them and make fun of them for that thing and not for but having a body type that was, is within the perfectly reasonable, like, universe of healthy body types. Like, Pete Alonzo has some on his, something on his tummy other than like hard cut muscles that is a normal thing healthy people have that normal if, if, normalized dad bods 2020 that's what i say uh, well no so i think this isn't the first time either and i remember he got pretty angry about it too one time on twitter like he acts he just absolutely like wrecked somebody on twitter who like dared to make fun of his appearance and I don't blame him for getting angry like you said like if there is a legit reason to not like Pete Alonso okay but there is no legit reason to not like Pete Alonso so and also it would be different if he was open about it like Dominic Smith was kind of open about like you know needing to lose weight and you know how he felt so much better after he lost weight but like we said there's no ideal baseball body like one of the things that's cool about baseball yeah yes yes agree (laughs) is that you got like your jose altave and you've got aaron Aaron judge Judge. and pete alonzo and you know it's bartolo cologne yeah and it's pete is a healthy dude like that's Mm -hmm. not you know there's no like need to to raise awareness of his unhealthy habits like he's 25 he's strong as hell there's nothing to worry about there. Yeah, it's not up for us to decide if it affects his on-field performance. Like, he was fine last year, and I don't think he looks any different from last year. So I don't think it's us for us to, you know, complain or judge. Or That's for him and his nutritionist. That's between the two of them and between the Mets and stay out of it. Yeah, seriously. Like... No, his doctor, don't be his doctor. Stop armchairing, armchair physicianing this stuff all the time. And it's not just with players' weight. Like, we, I mean, we saw it with Dominic Smith. We we are yeah. very familiar with this as Mets fans. People, like, policing people's weight and their habits and, like, stop it. You're not, you're not Dominic Smith or Pete Alonzo's doctor. So you no. have no say. And also, it's people who are just miserable at home. Like, I'd like to see you hit a dinger 500 feet. Like, yeah, right? <laughs> Pete's just fine. <laughs> I think I think um, when someone made a comment about, I can't remember if it was Dominic Smith or somebody else last year, but somebody made a comment, and I was like, as you at home on your couch lick the Cheeto dust off your fingers. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Like, I'm Who not going to judge, judge baseball players as I eat Doritos. That's not how this works. <laughs> and I spent all of quarantine eating Doritos and insomnia cookies. Like, My kids call them spicy did. chips. And I think that's just the best name for Doritos ever, spicy chips. Um, now they fight with me about getting spicy chips. That's less cute, but the name I think is pretty cute. Yeah, spicy chips is good. Speaking of massive dingers, though, and I know we're going to cover this later, but I would just like to 
show everyone that yeah, I'm wearing my Cespedes backflip shirt today. Because that's a good one. I that am one. extra hype about Cess right now. And we're going to talk oh, about that because, you know, yes. we have a, a whole separate section of the show dedicated to Cespedes and how hype yes, we are. Um, so, yeah, Ellen, Ellen uh, pointed out that the negative uh, comments are not cool. Um, and we totally agree with that. It's really silly. And oh, the the um, particular, uh, I, the one I saw in particular, I think it was because Vaz retweeted it, um, was some Yankee fan like posting the side by side of Pete Alonso and Luke Voigt and being like, which one would you rather have on your team? And I was like, uh, Pete Alonso. But of course <laughs> his handle was like 27 rings to like, yeah, he was like, like the stereotypical Yankee fan. Like, uh, and also, I think somebody pointed out, like, Luke Voigt, like, the past three seasons doesn't even have the same amount of home runs that Pete hit last year. Yeah. Like, hmm, gee, I wonder who I'd rather have on my team. Tough, tough decision. Speaking well, this of also Vez. one of those annoying things, too, where, like, I don't want to hate on Luke Voigt. He's just fine. He never yeah. did anything to Got me. Nothing but Luke now Voigt. here I am having now to, like, to. slam him. <laughs> and that's not where I want to be. No. No one wants to be there. These like these like constant like artificial like Beef. forcing of beefs between the Mets and the Yankees are like really annoying. Yeah, like well, I hate a, that. There's a certain um, I guess reporter. <laughs> we use that word generously. To to, <laughs> likes to add to that beef, but <laughs> that hmm. might be a topic for another day. Hmm. Does his name rhyme with uh, Randy Bartino? <laughs> you heard Actually, nothing. I just took a big gulp of my <laughs> seltzer. You know what I'm saying? Okay, what, what, what seltzer are you drinking tonight, Linda? I have, yeah, share um, with our viewers. I have Aha Watermelon Lime. It's so good. Okay, yeah, because somebody at work just recommended the Aha. And Get on it. What flavor is that? watermelon lime oh that sounds Ooh. delicious the that ginger is. apple is very disappointing there's just not enough flavor to it but all the others i've had are really good and the watermelon lime is like my drink of the summer <laughs> i know we had a cookie rating podcast but this is a uh, seltzer rating podcast now i have uh the lacroix coconut good classic classic also, yeah stuff. good summer good summer but also um craig goldstein turned me on to the hibiscus flavor which i do hibiscus love hibiscus really nice. i do love I, yeah, hibiscus. I was kind of scared to try it but i was pleasantly surprised with the hibiscus it's nice. so that's been my go-to at work i haven't come across a bubbly that i don't like every bubbly seems to be just absolutely boss i think i've had yeah bubbly i haven't before. tried them super like basic but i'm a fan in any case yeah speaking of vaz because i mentioned him because he's the one that retweeted the luke voigt thing um to dunk on the yankee fan to be clear um but he he in the comments just pointed out when pete alonso like totally dunked on these assholes last year because like um somebody uh replied to one of his photos on uh on Twitter last year in November, um, lose weight, fat ass. And Pete replied, very akin to what we were saying, how does it feel to watch this fat ass hit 53 home runs and 120 RBIs from your couch? And I, oh, and I just remember being like, totally Hell wrecked. yeah. Yes. Oh, love to watch Pete own these dudes online. It's the best. Um, so yeah, don't fat shame. It's dumb. 
Not you don't like it. Mm-hmm. Don't like it. Disapprove. Disapprove. Um, so, okay, we got one more question before, um, the, uh, before the pod started, um, from Blue Shirts Breakaway on Twitter, um, and they asked, you can only lock up one long term. Who do you lock up between Conforto, Stroman, or JT Real Muto? That's it's really hard. That's a fair question. It's not easy at all. No! Not easy at all. That is really hard. And I can um, only choose one? Yep. Mm. I'm going to say Rayo Muto, even though he plays the most important position and would give them such an advantage. I'm ruling him out because I have no emotional connection to him. Yeah. And I don't want an emotional connection to him. So that just leaves me between Strowman and Conforto. I would probably, I would probably go Conforto because he's pretty young. And he's been so solid, except for when he was, like, recovering from a devastating career-altering injury and then just, like, right at the ship and has been just just really solid. He seems like the kind of guy who could easily play until he's, like, 37, 38 without losing a step. See, I was leaning Strowman because... Oh, yeah, there's they, no wrong answer here. Yeah. All three are. All, I, I would. I, I would like D all of the above, but yeah, I know that's not an option. That's not an option. Steve Cohen. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I was gonna say, and you get a contract, and you get a contract, and you get a contract. So I was only leading Strowman only because their pitching depth is kind of piss poor, and they have nobody for next year. So Strowman's kind of important. Um, Strowman's a mensch. I love Strowman. I know, and he's just fun. He's so, but then his comments the other day really sounded like he wanted to, to test free agency, which is totally his right. Oh, but I want him to be a Met forever. Like, but he also he, keeps liking all these tweets that people post about wanting him to be a Met forever, and I'm like, I know, Stro, you're playing with our emotions here, big one. Yeah. All right, yeah. Allison, you're the tiebreaker. I am. I know. It's really hard. You could go real Muto. I know. I could. Forever tie. I could. It's it, like they each have such good arguments that are so distinct from each other is the, yeah. is the thing that makes yeah. this question so genius and difficult is because like Linda mentioned, real Muto plays the probably the most key position and the Mets do not have a long term catching solution and they haven't right had now. one since like Piazza. Yeah, basically. No, but and also like nobody has one. No. Like, yeah. I mean, there are what, like three teams who are well situated at catcher for the medium term right now. I mean, really, like it's... And one of those teams was the team with Buster Posey, and Buster Posey has opted out of the season. <laughs> yeah. Well, even he he's been, you know, switching at first. Like he's Yeah, not... and he's on the downside of his career, yeah. but he was one of the few like long term like options yeah um yeah and the Mets haven't had an answer a long-term answer at catcher in a very long time and obviously they don't have one coming up through the system there's no Adley Rutschman's here like there's Tomas Nito is not the answer folks (laughs) breaking news or Um, Ali Sanchez yeah or Ali Sanchez I mean we know that Alvarez might be good um we know that the Mets he's a ways away though but he's a long way away and so 
Um, that's the really the argument for Real Muto. I think that... And Real Muto, I think, is leaning towards testing free agency. He said the yeah. contract talks haven't pretty... really developed, so... Yeah, I think he and the Phillies are not really on the same page right now, but that can change. I mean, DeGrom and the Mets weren't on the same page until the 11th hour, so um, who knows? But, yeah, I think that that argument is strong. I think Conforto, I think, makes the most sense from just, like, a he's been a Mets staple perspective. Um, like he's been a reliable producer on this team. I think has the, he has the most established history with this team of the three. So I would say like, as far as not only production, but who we have an attachment to it's Conforto. Yeah. Um, but Linda made a good argument for Stroman because of the, because of the Mets pitching situation. And that is only exacerbated by Noah Syndergaard's Tommy John surgery and not knowing how he'll come back from that, yeah. especially considering the odd conditions in which he is recovering tommy john's surgery recovery is not a given as it is and and in a global pandemic it's certainly not a given when he can't you know train properly recover properly um you know with the appropriate staff and whatnot so like really wanting to solidify the future of the pitching is a really strong argument for marcus stroman i think in the end all three have really good arguments i think i'd pick conforto as well so that's my pick but like you said, Steve Cohen can change yeah. all that. <laughs> I'll take two out of three. I'm not, yes. I'm not greedy. <laughs> the great meatloaf said two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> I would even take the two that I didn't pick. Yes. Like, that would also yes. be fine. Those yes, two that would be three. mine. Yeah. I would not complain. Yep. I would, if, like, I picked Conforto, but if it's between Conforto or Stroman and Real Muto, I'm going Stroman and Real Muto. Two is better than one. Or if, like, he signed, like, Strowman and then gave Pete an extension, I would be okay with that, too. Like, that's also acceptable. Or DeGrom, who has an opt-out in a couple years. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Conforto is probably the most solid pick if you're thinking about both short-term and long-term needs uh, for the team. Um, so we have a question in the comments um, from Alex. Uh, question about the DH for the Mets for the 2020 season. JD, Cano, Cespedes are possible Mets DHs, in my opinion. So I guess he's just asking a more general question about how the Mets should utilize the DH. Who should DH? Um, I mean, to me, Cespedes is the default DH. Yeah. Um, obviously, JD, not to besmirch your mans, Linda, but JD <laughs> does have his struggles on the defensive side. But I will, I will take those... Uh, all day long if it means preserving Cespedes's legs. <laughs> so. Uh, I wrote the season preview for my mans, obviously. So I had to discuss this very topic. Um, and then I also discussed it with our friend Bradford over the Daily News. Um, because before in the before times, it seemed like they wanted JD at third, but that was, there was no DH at that point in spring. But then he recently had a Zoom interview after like practice, and he said he was say he's still been practicing a third end left. So in my season preview, I said, "Is this really the season you want to figure out if he's your long-term third baseman or your long-term left fielder? Like it's a wacky season. Can or do you do it now because the season is wacky and might not mean anything?" Did you try him out to see if he is your long-term solution at third third base? 
So I think JD might be a little low on the list because, like you said, Cespedes probably has um, probably his first dibs on it. And Cano, I would say that you got to keep if if Cano's healthy. <laughs> we can't speculate on Cano, um, but yeah, I do then, get the vibe from Cess that he wants to be in the field. Yeah, I think so. I think he's really been like doing a lot of drills out there yeah. in front of media, like. Um, and that makes sense because he wants he's sign, he's playing for a contract for next year, and he he will do better if he can prove that he can play in the field. Even if you know NL does have DH next year, he's still a more valuable sign for anybody if he can serve multiple roles. So I think Cespedes is going to want to be in the field, but like um, I think and Dominic Smith too. He's your other option at DH. Well, and Alonzo for that matter. Like, yeah. Yeah, Alonzo played almost every game last year, and he did great with it. Um, but like, this is also a really like breakneck pace, and it might be you know it's not something you're going to want Alonzo to do, like on a weekly basis or anything. But you know, over over sixty games, if he gets he gets five or six DH opportunities, that's like ten percent of the season. And you give you know give like let's say sixty percent of the season to Cespedes. That still gives you 30% to kind of play around with snow or whoever needs a day here and there. Like, I mean, and let's can I throw out forget. a name? Are you ready for this? Oh, God. Yeah. Jed Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Melky Cabrera because that's oh, what no. we're going to see. Oh, that's well, going to happen. See that. We're going to see that. Or even, you know, Ramos, if you want to give him a breather and still yeah. keep his bat in the lineup because then you're going with full up Nito and I don't know. You know, it's not, I mean, it's just it. The Mets are always going to find a way to DH somebody who has no business DHing. I did <laughs> see, um, I did see, a, uh, I think we, I think we discussed this in Amazing Avenue Slack, but I did, uh, I did see a steaming hot take from a rival blog that shall not be named, uh, <laughs> saying oh, no. that uh, Marisnik should play instead of J.D. Davis. And I was like, uh, I'm going to go with a Why? no, hard no on that. There is literally Jake no reason. Yes. <laughs> when you have all these other options, you're going to go Marisnik? Why? I mean, well, Marisnik should get playing time. Yeah, obviously. Defensive like, replacement. Defensive yeah, replacement. Yeah, like, the seventh inning and it's yeah. fine. Yes. Like, the occasional start against a you know favorable pitching matchup when no other notable bats are being rested or set for other yeah, reasons. Like, not like on a Sunday, like Terry Collins loved to do, or like everybody <laughs> Sunday lineup. Like, Sunday line, the Sunday scaries are back. Oh no. <laughs> when you never clinch the playoffs, you can put out your playoff clinching lineup every, every day. day. Every Sunday. But, but is Jake Marisnik a lefty or a righty? It's a righty. Probably neither. Okay, so that makes it a little more flexible then. If you're facing a lefty and you want to take Nimmo out. Yeah. I have too many windows up on my computer, so I'm Googling Jake Marizic on my phone. I wrote Marizic's spring preview, and I specifically addressed this issue. And no, I absolutely do not remember what it was. I'm waiting for your answer. Like, I addressed this issue, and I don't remember. I got nothing. (laughs) And I'm blanking. (laughs) Yeah, he's a righty. That's what I thought. Okay, so if if you're facing, like, oh, wait, you're not facing Kershaw this year, duh. Um, 
I don't even know who's the tough lefty. <laughs> who's not I don't even know if he off. has platoon splits. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't. <laughs> We're not like big ones, boy. I'm uh, a. <laughs> you are music. clearly I'm invested in Jake Baristic. <laughs> that the pre-global pandemic um, fourth outfielder preview didn't have me at my level best. That was like I think um, he's a valuable ball. bench piece. He's fine, but he should in no way be starting over my man's. And I'm not Absolutely saying that not. because of bias. No, no. That's subjectively true. JD was one of the best outfielders in the entire league in the second half last year. Not defensively, I will give him that. But, like, offensively, he was up there with, like, Yelich and Bellinger. Like, he was on fire the second half of the season. And I I remember Keith Hernandez always saying, too, he won a batting title in the minors. Like, the bat's always been there. So... I don't know. I don't know if you, like I said, it's a wacky season. If you want to see if he can improve the glove to a point where he can be here every day, because Cano is not going anywhere. So if they do end up adopting the DH eventually in the national league forever, um, I think Cano is going to end up being there. And then McNeil is going to be your second baseman. Yeah. Yeah. And the Mets do have one of the more formidable lineups in baseball at this Mm -hmm. time. If you like look up and down it, there's not a lot of weakness there. I Um, think they were just ranked sixth by MLB. Even that seems low. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, like I'd go like four, like there's definitely teams that are better than them. The Dodgers have a better lineup. Probably probably the twins because even bitch Garver can hit a bajillion (gasps) home runs somehow. Um. Yeah, and I think they were ranked above the Yankees on that list too. So they were. They were. Let me uh, take that, Dad Bod. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'd rather Luke Voigt on our team. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so you know, I'm psyched. Um, the DH. I mean, like, I am an NL baseball fan. I don't like the DH, but it helps the Mets objectively. It does. Okay. Yeah. I have the list. Number one: Dodgers. Twins, Astros, Yankees, Athletics, and then that's... You could have told me the Athletics ranked anywhere on that list. (laughs) And And I I would have absolutely no prior knowledge with which to argue that placement one way or another. (laughs) And then then, let's see, then the White Sox, Cubs, Red Sox, and Angels are last with Trout and Otani and Rendon. How? They're ranking the Angels 10th. I don't think that that's no. Well, but what? Who else is in that lineup? But that's, that's enough <laughs> by itself. It, it is. You have two MVPs. <laughs> Wait, Rendon won an MVP, right? Or did he not? Yeah. Am I misremembering? I think so. Or he should have. Either. Or he should have. I don't think he. Won. I feel like he. Was but doing... I do think like the, what the Mets have really working for them is depth. Finally, and yeah. All of this is theoretical. Because the entire team could be quarantined by Thursday, and you just never know. So, but there, it, there's not really a hole in the lineup. Like Rosario is the clear weak bat of the group, and I think Wilson Ramos is, you know, good for a catcher and moderately above average overall. But like that's, that's it. Like that's your. And I guess if Cano has another bad year, that's a, that's a hole. But that's still like. There's no, there's no one up there who you're like, ooh, we have mm. to. 
And Ahmed was really good last year, too, in the second half. I think he had the most hits of, like, any shortstop in the National League in the second half. Yeah, Yeah. he was really good. Yeah, he settled in the time. Yeah. We're always waiting on the the breakout of Ahmed Rosario, TM, but maybe it's this year. (sighs) I'm still still having him as my guy. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it helped him last year. He went from extremely below average to average. So, so we're moving, we're moving by the transitive property of, of our guys, <laughs> our dudes, of our dudes. I mean, I feel like having Seth Lugo as my dude helped him too. So he had a lot to be proud of. Yeah. Um, so we have another question from Brad Fox on Facebook. Any bars have TV outside to watch opening day that you know of? I feel like this is, uh, that's, a, this is that's a Maggie question. That's a Maggie question. Uh, she's the one that we're not city. city folk. <laughs> um, so I don't know. And I'm thinking about like the various sports bars that I know of. And to my knowledge, none of them have like the TV outside. Um, but I would always hype uh, Lion's Head Tavern, which is a Mets bar on 108 in Amsterdam or 109 in Amsterdam. Go to Amsterdam and 108 and walk north and you'll find it. But it's so it's right near the Columbia campus for the Lion's Head. Um, but it's uh, it's like a legit Mets bar and it's adorable. And I went there last year for opening day and it was a lot of fun. So um, I don't know if they have outdoor seating. If they don't, don't go there. But if they <laughs> if they do, that's probably a good spot. Um, it, and then yep, a larger I found it. outdoor seating now open nice. daily. That's great. Oh, that's PM. awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet them and find out if they'll have the game on somehow. Uh, sure hope so. They are they're really great though. Um, like a nice neighborhood type spot. Um, the food is. It's ridiculous it will like go directly into your aorta and like not pass go but it's, <laughs> it'll get you where you're going yeah um but what are you guys doing for opening day i have not i, I mean i'm just gonna watch what, my house what day of the week is it what what day i'm so confused what day are we even on yeah what year is it? <laughs> what year <laughs> who are you i think it's a friday because you're starting on the 24th right i thought the meds were up 23rd is this the 24th? This is really scintillating live TV right now. But yes, whatever day of the week it is, I'm just gonna. It is. Because I love to go watch oh, wow. with people, but I also am not quite, um, not quite ready to be with people. Like no, especially indoors. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not indoors for sure not. Um, the 24th is their first game. Cool. Is it during the day or is it a it night? It is game? a 4 p.m. start. That's that seems very. Well, I might actually be working, so that might answer that question. There you go. So I'll be, uh, yeah, I'll be watching at my house, maybe. I don't know. I or I'll be watching at in my office on Gamecast. Yeah, I like. <laughs> very exciting. I'm in late July is going to be all of a blur for me because I'm moving and so like that weekend is the weekend that we're trying to move all of Michael's stuff out of his apartment and so like but I think on Friday we'll probably be watching the game so I think you could probably find yourself a three-hour block yes of place so or at least like sit and wrap up like plates and glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small yeah. really lends itself to start packing things. Yeah, yeah, so 
can can have uh, baseball in the background while we pack, which I never yeah. thought would happen. So there yeah. we go. What um, better thing to have on in the back? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. But in the meantime, we are answering your questions. You should absolutely, if you aren't already, be listening to all of the other pods on our amazing um, podcast network. Um, they've been doing fantastic work keeping everyone entertained during the <laughs> extended pandemic off season that has been 2020. Um, so uh, the miners guys are hard at work. You know, all of the uh, now that there are 60 slots on the Mets big roster, we have lots of uh, people who many of the fan base have never heard of before that the prospect guys have to cover. They've been giving updates on the KBO, etc. Um, and we've got Amazing Avenue Audio, the show, uh, and we've got uh, Rob Wolf's podcasts uh, is always helping us remember some guys, TM. Um, so you should be listening to all of those pods if you aren't already. But in the meantime, we will keep answering your questions. Um, I don't think we have any new ones right now, but maybe, maybe Amazing Avenue Slack has questions for us. I'll ask them. <laughs> well, I will, so I already alluded to keeping Ahmed Rosario as my dude. And I would love to know who your dudes for, Allison, you had said, Red rock, maybe, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um in addition, <laughs> in addition to Seth Lugo being my man's, um Brad Brock is uh is my Birdland boy. So he came over from the Orioles. Um and so I have a special attachment to him for that reason. And I think that he is underrated and I think he might actually be good this year. Um, I was so excited they re-signed him. So excited. Yeah, I was, he was good for the Mets last year. He, he was. was he was. And like at the time it was a really under the radar signing because like he, they picked him off the scrap heap off waivers basically because he was doing horribly for the Cubs. Um prior but to that fluky he, horribly too. Like yeah, it wasn't fluky. totally yeah, like his like, walks were like settled in. A lot like of he walks. was walking like yeah, six per inning or something. His control yeah, was like so, out, out, yeah. it, out of control. <laughs> you know, <laughs> pun intended. Um, and so, <laughs> Thomas, I just got a, a a pig from Thomas being like, I log on and Allison's talking about Birdland. Of course, she is. yes, I am. Um, the brand, your brand, <laughs> my brand. It's it's strong. Um, so yeah, uh, Brad Rock is a dude who's been a solid setup man for many, many years now, um, during some good Orioles times and some very bad ones too. Um, and he was pretty consistently good. And so, um, I mean, he's getting older now and maybe on the tail end of his reliever downspin. So it's possible.
probable um, that he won't be able to replicate his uh, his second half with the Mets last year. But if he does, then that's a very solid relief pitcher. Um, he, he, you know, really dropped the walks when he came to the Mets. The Mets noticed that he might have been tipping his pitches too, and I think they did a lot of work with him to really help him with that. Um, so that's also something that might account for the fact that he had much more success with the Mets than he did with the Cubs last year. Um, I don't think and- he has an option, doesn't he? Yes. Um, and he's been playing around with a new pitch as well. Who knows? I mean, 2020 might not be the year to experiment with new pitches given everything else. But, um, prior to COVID, he had been experimenting with a new pitch that, um, you know, the Mets coaching staff was really excited about. Um, so we'll see if we end up seeing his like special change up that I would say experiment with whatever the hell you want. Exactly. (laughs) It might actually be the time. There are 60 games. If you want to start batting lefty just for no reason at all, do it, man. Run the bases backwards. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, who's going to tell you no, really? Seriously. Seriously. Uh, Manfred might find a new thing he can implement, just like every other wacky idea he's come up with. Yeah. Linda, do you have a, a man besides JD? For I was going to say, I can't pick JD, right? <laughs> um, this is like nice to be kind of a bubble guy, and I feel like JD really did so well last year but he's also like still not like he doesn't have exactly a starting spot locked no. down i feel like you could get away with keeping jd okay all right then I'll i mean that's just like i don't know yeah <laughs> Seth Lugo alter- might be too established at this point i don't know okay i was I gonna say Lugo's is stroman okay can i pick stroman <laughs> Or is that another? <laughs> he's more established than JD. Yeah, yeah. he's more established. Than he's JD. the Mets' number two starter at this point. Yeah. Can I go rogue and just pick Jed Lowry? <laughs> My man's Jed okay. Lowry. Yeah, you can bring your JD Davis magic and use it to make JD Lowry play a game of baseball. By all means, Linda, use that magic. I'll send the vibes to Jed Lowry. He does wear number four, which has always been my lucky number, and it's been a good number in Mets history. It has. So, Good vibes only. No vibe vampires. No vibe vampires. So I feel like maybe I can get the four vibes rolling towards him. And Anthony DeCombo said he's actually looked really good. Like, he can't run, but he said the bat's there. <laughs> he can't move at all, but, like, he can stand there and swing a bat. Yeah. I mean, when you're – I mean, he hit a double off to Grom the other day, and he made it to second alive. I guess. I guess that's the 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 bar now. <laughs> he didn't die on the way to second base. Like I feel like that's improvement. It's true. You know, it's unfair. If I can give like anytime you're in a cesspitous moves, if I can like throw a party, I guess I should give Jed Lowry the same sort of difference, maybe. <laughs> or flappy the boy. The same less. <laughs> So you know what? I'm all in on the Jed Lowry trade. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm so in favor of this, Linda. Work your magic. Okay. Make Jed Lowry a factor. Oh no, oh no. Breaking oh, news. No. Oh, no! No, Allison, no, 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 no. Don't oh, go there. Back okay, I'm not gonna say it. Back tightness is what we have on DeGrom. <laughs> so that could mean literally nothing, or his career is over. Oh. Or any any place in between those things. I feel so, like this happened one other spring training, and he had a bad mattress. 
Oh, yeah! He was one of the many Mets who, like, don't sleep on real mattresses despite being baseball players that make lots of money. It's like, why are you still sleeping on couches? You guys are rich now. Yeah, like, come on, get a new mattress, Jake. You signed a new contract. Get a new mattress. Get a new mattress, Jake. Stop experiencing that. You know what it is about baseball that makes these men hit age 21 and just stop there? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. Steven Matz is still, like, sleeping on, like, used mattresses and spinning cushions on his fingers. Like, okay, the cushion please? thing is, the cushion thing's pretty funny. Cushion thing is cool. I will cool. We'll give Steven that. Yeah. <laughs> Although, that didn't, well, no, it was a neck. I feel like Aaron Judge had stiffness or tightness. Or yeah, neck, neck stiffness. Yeah. He left his uh, inter-squad game with that. Um, unfortunately for the Yankees, um, who already have Araldis Chapman on the COVID list, so, you know, yeah, not great for them. Um, but, uh, okay, so we have a couple more things in the Facebook comments. We have, is there any talk of using Melky Cabrera as a starter? I sure hope not. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Look, I also have a really, okay, I- John, oh, I sure hope not, sir. Yeah. Oh, boy. I mean, uh, look, the question is, is there any talk of using Melky Cabrera? as a starter and i would sure. wager legitimate money that they are absolutely talking it's about the it. mets my hope they is are absolutely and he had an in not... the best shape of his life yeah we did him. it's true we, we dropped we an did. in the best shape of his life storyline <laughs> on Melky just... cabrera <laughs> the fact that they allegedly signed him because of the dh thing is what really just blows my mind because like you have so many DH DH stands for yeah, you don't need one hitter you're supposed to be able to hit and Melky Cabrera bless his heart that is not his strong suit right now now you may say fielding's not his strong suit either absolutely but like yeah I'm not dying to get um I'm not dying to get Melky Cabrera in my lineup although somebody uh, somebody tweeted a picture of him Cano and A-Rod and they're like we're getting the owner nine yankees back together <laughs> that's the, the that is like the mets goal is to get the oh nine together that's the shit they want it's, <laughs> against all reason and judgment that's the shit they want although i, well, I have a really... current winning team when you can have a 10 years ago yes. winning team for half the price yep former all-star was Melky ever a former all-star yes i think probably he was. oh so there you go but i, I mean it was fine really... for a couple years but like yeah former all-star is their favorite thing former cy young award winner rick porcello is also on the mets don't forget another big everyone. thing sometimes i, I really forget bad that association the with melky though because i went 2016 he was on the White Sox, and of course I had to go because Ventura was the manager at the time. Like, yes, I'm going. I'm going to go see Ventura. This is awesome. And then Jake started the game, and I was like, oh, my God. This is, like, the best game ever. I was, like, hopping up and down like a like a kid. Like, so excited. The 2016 Jake. Jake was not the best Jake, was it? But it was. It was a great <laughs> it was game. It was in this okay. instance. It was a fantastic game jake was mowing them down but they only scored one run of course um and then melky cabrera got into a fan interference call right in front of me so (laughs) that's what i associate melky cabrera with was this so he yeah like there was a foul ball and 
you know, the fan reached over and then Melky got mad and the fan ended up being ejected. But that wasn't the bad part, but that's what I associate Melky with is this game because the <laughs> fucking Todd Frazier hit a home run off Jake in the seventh uh, inning. Oh no! Tied the game at one to one and then Matt oh Albers no. walked it off in the 14th inning. Uh, and it became the worst uh, game I've ever been to in my entire life they set a record for double plays michael conforto struck out like five times and hit into a double play got booed every time he went back out to the outfield it is the worst single hand and like game i've ever witnessed in person on the bright and, side that can happen this year because after the 12th inning they play by little league rules and that's true uh, no. and matt albers would not be batting it would be a dh i was like oh, how can you ruin a ventura and jake game and i blame todd frazier new jersey's <laughs> finest Todd but you. then he, he did hit that home run against the Nationals last year. When I was also it was so, so good. I, I, I forgot so Todd. I, that was. I associate Melky Cabrera. I associate Melky Cabrera with uh, the John Sterling, the Milkman. <laughs> I'm just gonna think of that every time. It's gonna try to be insane. I would too. And Gary Keith and Ron would never. Oh, they would never. They would never. They would never. And Howie would never. Howie would never. No. I can I can hear Howie's. <laughs> in response to the mere suggestion that he might. Like, just, <laughs> you can hear it in, in your head. Imagine somebody going to Howie and saying, would you call Melky Cabrera the milkman? And go, oh, I can't do it. Because it's, but you can, you can. Yeah, that Howie, yeah. <laughs> we have a fellow Amazing Avenue writer, Jack McClune, uh, saying, not a question, but I'm going to root for Atlanta Brave Yasiel Puig and you can't stop me. I'm not going to attempt to stop you. I would, I would root for Yasiel Puig under almost any set of circumstances. He, I find him an incredibly likable player. As long as he um, doesn't start like doing the chop on the field. Yes, then, that is yeah, I'm, I'm that, pro yeah, that's a, that's a good Well, and I also yeah. feel like uh, um, the Braves have a big gap to fill of player I love and wish didn't play for them on them because I don't think Freddie Freeman's going to be playing for some time. So I'm He's fine getting with week stepping into that role of why do I love this player? He's a brave. The Braves are terrible. But yes. So that's yeah. an important, an important it's service. The, being I call provided that by the, I call that the Sean Doolittle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you play for a team? I hate. <laughs> Why? Um, like, proud to soon be sharing saw... a city though with Sean Doolittle. Very there you go. There you go. So. The last update I saw on Freeman said he was feeling better, but still not practicing. He would need, he hasn't had a negative. I don't even know if he's taken a test yet. Mm. So he has not mm. had the two negative tests. Not yet. great, Bob. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, as long I, as he's been sick for as long as, if he's been sick for as long as he apparently has, like, it's going to be a really long time before he is in, yeah. you know, sitting up and engaging in long conversations shape. So. But yeah, I am pro Yasiel Puig at all times. I just, I'm still heartbroken, like, about the fact that he, there were rumors he was going to sign with the Orioles, and I was yes. so pumped about it. I was like, Birdland, Yasiel Puig, I wanted injected into my veins. And then... <laughs> and like, he would have been like the best pitcher, I mean, the best player on the Orioles. Yeah, he probably would have, basically. More or less. Although Chris Davis was doing good in spring training. Before. 
before all this happened? Oh, we'll see about that. Um, <laughs> so we've got many pressing e-scooter questions from Liam Murphy in the comments. He he has said the following. How much do you think I could buy an e-scooter for? But does Porcello have an e-scooter? Should the Mets bullpen arms arrive by e-scooter? New extra innings rule is that there is a runner on second on an e-scooter starting in the 10th. It's just Dan, it turns out e-scooter is one of those words that stops sounding like a word if you say it enough After a while, yeah. I'm just like, what? And I'm I'm confused about, like, is it a word? Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, I am pro um, bullpen arms arriving by e-scooter. Yeah, I think that would be fine. I mean, if it's just like a step below the bullpen cart. I would go ahead and say I don't have any strong e-scooter takes no i i know that many of our local delivery people enjoy them and that's wonderful if it Mm -hmm. gets me gets me my tacos i am fully in favor i would like to know liam's analysis on e-scooters versus segways and i was gonna say like can they use a segway instead and would they have to wear we have and you would have to wear a helmet though Thomas Coming makes the very the valid point time. that a Met will crash the e-scooter. Inevitably, they absolutely would. Is... Or run somebody over. Like, they would run over Pete's foot, and that would be that. So, yeah. It's not what you want. Those, no. that's, that's e-scooters for you. But um, we had another question from Charlie O'Donnell. When is somebody going to give Bartolo a call? I want to know that, too. <laughs> I, I have the same that. question, Charlie. And I have a feeling Bartolo has been sitting there checking his phone like every 30 seconds, just making sure like, is the sound on? Okay. Yeah, it's on. Am I getting reception? Yeah. Like he, he is thirsty for some baseball, that guy. Um, he's making it very obvious he wants it to be a bet. Like anytime he's taking a picture, it's like Mets gear. Hello. Well, he has at least one of his family's local. So that's very convenient. At least one of his families. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! We, we we took it there. We did. Huh? It happened. I'm not gonna let Bartolo get by without a no true a little no. mention of that one. No. Um, no, I genuinely think like Bartolo very much wants to play, and if anybody was going to give him a call, they would have. But they're not going to because he may have actually finally, for real this time, run out of whatever it was. Whatever was sustains him. Yeah. But also, is it even worth it? Like, you're not going to see him bat this year. And that was half the fun. So, I know. I don't see a point. <laughs> Never DH for Bartolo Colon. That's no, God, no. That was must see TV, Bartolo and that. <laughs> and he clearly thought so, too. I mean, yes. no one ever laughed as much as, as he Bartolo did. at the bat as he did. Good for him. <laughs> I mean, it's. I, oh, he owned I it. miss the Bartolo days in many ways, but also, like, yeah, no, don't get any ideas, Mets. Vaz says bring that Harvey Cabrera. home. Huh? Well. Vaz says bring that Harvey home, and I agree. I've been yeah. on that. I've been on the Matt Harvey home trail for a while now. Is he... Did he ever? Did he? He didn't sign with anyone, did he? No, he no. didn't sign, and he was, like, looking into... Um, like Korean, was it Korea or Japan? I can't remember. Those those teams probably be a great him. fit either. Yeah, like that's a good that's a good deal, especially for someone who kind of likes the the trappings of fame. Which, I mean, all due respect to Matt Harvey, 
he seems to be that kind of guy. Like yeah, no lies. The, the celebrity culture of, I don't know so much about Korea baseball, but Japanese baseball, they they really like crank up the celebrity culture. And it, yeah, it they like their cult of, of personality for sure. They would yeah. have like several uh, full length crowd songs written for him with like multiple verses that everyone would yes it would be amazing it would be awesome and he would love that uh speaking of uh baseball in japan i've already seen adam jones hit multiple towering dingers and it's been amazing and the content that i crave and i've just been very happy about that so shout out to adam jones Jones. yeah good for him hell yeah um, he's a guy that, like, when the Mets were making their series of, like, remembering some guy signings that cul- basically culminated with Melky Cabrera, I think, like, I was like, I was like, if Adam Jones were still a free agent, this absolutely would have been a thing, and I would have been so excited. <laughs> well, they totally would have signed Adam Jones. Oh, they would have. I think it would have been such a Mets thing for them to do, and I would have. He would sign any warm body at the right yeah. price. If Fred Wilpon remembers him. Exactly. Yes. And, and I mean, they're, they're trying to put together the 09 All-Star team, you know. They're yeah. almost there. Yeah. yeah. We're getting so, there. So uh, Vaz also asks, uh, favorite pitcher hitting moment aside from the Bartolo Colon homer? Um, hmm. Well, I, um, I know mine, which is uh, one of the first, I guess not one of the first games I took Ellie to, but um, one of the more like, it's one of the one of the first ones I took her to when she was like human and not like weird mushy infant. So she would have been not just like about two last season. And she and I like I took the day off from work and she and I went to uh, a game. It ended up being the one where Noah Syndergaard uh, pitched the complete game and also oh. hit the home run to win the game. Yeah, that that one. And awesome. we had the best time. And she loved every minute of it. And, like, I will absolutely love the hell out of that game. And I will have a weird, uh, like, quiet appreciation for Noah Syndergaard no matter what comes next in his career because that was, like, that was, like, an A-plus kind of day. Yeah, that's a good one. I want to say the Thor two home run game, but what I'm actually going to go with, I think, um, because partially because I was there, was the um, the Matt's debut with uh, um, yeah. yeah all the hits and RBIs. That you was were awesome. there. Oh, so it was. If I recall, it was like a double header, right? Yes, because they had a finish the night before. Was that it? Yeah, and so, yeah. but I didn't see all of it because we left because of. I forget what reasons. It was just really late. We were at the same game, and we also did not stay the whole time. Yeah, so, like, I'm not sure if I... I don't remember if I saw all the hits. I don't think I did. But, like, I was there for the beginning. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, yeah, but that was pretty epic. The the Matt's debut against the Reds. I That was, that that was, was good. That was good. I enjoyed that. Not your that, man's so. Lugo hit one. Yes, that is true. So, not Lugo? <laughs> no I, I i do love i do love that moment but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with the mats game because i think it, was really it is hard because then i remember ronnie talking about like he was just talking about how i think he was the last one to hit as a pitcher to hit home runs and back-to-back starts and mats had a chance to and then he did it like as ronnie was talking about it so that was kind of fun but I know Jake's had a couple. Those were fun. Um, 
By the way, today is the anniversary of Jacob deGrom the striking out the side in the All-Star game. Just so Yes, I am knows. wearing a Jacob deGrom shirt and to commemorate The that. good shit. Um, yeah. Rich um, Resch shouts out the Mr. Koo double, which, of course, is a classic. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Mr. Koo. I mean, it was, it was weird. Um, it was the very last game of the 2018 season and it was again Noah Syndergaard where he swung and his bat just broke in half. Oh yeah, that and, was really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I was there. I was sitting uh, three rows behind the dugout because they were awful and it was the last game of the season and the tickets were really cheap and I was like, when am I going to sit here again? And everybody wanted to go to the night before game since that was David Wright's game. Um, so I went to the David Wright game and then I went to that game and um yeah, it was like, so I had a clear shot of him swinging, and then he turns and looks at the dugout, and it's like, I don't, like, he's like, and so we're all looking at each other, like, did he foul it off? Like, what, what happened, happened? To the ball? What just happened? Yeah, so just for, like, the weirdness of it, like, I don't know, I just kind of liked, like, that moment. No, and that is, I, the weirdness of it is why pitchers hitting is good. It's good. Weird yeah. baseball. Well, my, my favorite, like, weird pitcher hitting moment is, um, in Santana's no hitter, his last, um, his last at bat, he like almost, he almost got walked, and like he yes. had no intention of like doing anything. Swing. And the look that he gave the the opposing pitcher at the time, like, come on, man, this is not what I'm here for. Don't like, put me on base right now. Yeah, I, I, the I will kill you. <laughs> oh, I have a good one too. Um, it was when they were playing, was it the Phillies? And they were beating them, like, 25 to, like, 6. Yes. And Mickey Callaway was like, okay, I'm going to give the Phillies a break. I feel terrible. And Jerry Blevins got an RBI. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Jerry, I remember that. That was so good. <laughs> that was so good. Like, Mickey Callaway is trying to mercy rule them. And Jerry no, I have to go plug in my computer. I'll be right back. <laughs> this, is, this is live podcasting, everyone. Live podcasting. Oh, and Rich Resch also shouts out Estes homering off of Clemens. That's a really oh, good one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Because that was screw Roger Clemens forever. Yeah. So anytime he gets he gets embarrassed is good shit. Um, yeah, that was that was a good one. So Liam asks, uh, Liam Murphy asks, in all seriousness, do we think that the Braves run away with the division this year? No. Or do they barves? <laughs> I think they barves. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not scared of Braves. I'm not really like like. I'm not saying that the Mets are the best team in the NL East by like any stretch of the imagination. No. But I don't think there's any clear NL East favorite. I know that the reigning world champions are in our division, but the I'm Nats not lost. Of them either. The Nats bullpen is still trash garbo, and they replaced <laughs> Anthony Rendon with nothing. Yeah. So. I don't see how they're a threat. They're like Dave Dave Capobianco even mentioned this today in Slack. Like the Nats lineup is like not actually that threatening on paper. Like if you no, look at not. it right now. It's not. And so I don't think there's any clear runaway with the division team, Braves, Nats, any of them. I don't think that there's if, any scary team. If you could even really have a runaway in a 60 game in a 60 game yeah yeah and also they like we said i think we said it on last week's pod there's no way to project you don't know who's going to be quarantining who's going to be sick who's gonna opt out so i don't know if there's even a way to tell in what projections there are i will say pakoda so recently uh baseball prospectus came out with the updated 
Pocota projections for the 60 uh, game season. And it had the Nationals winning the division like very narrowly over the Mets. I think it was only by like a game or half a game. So and that seems reasonable. Yeah. For well, what it's Jake's going to be fine and we're going to be fine and it'll be, it'll be fine. <laughs> um, so yeah. Oh, by the way, if you're just joining us, a pod of their own live, we're answering your questions. I'm Allison McKaig. I've got Linda Cervich and Maggie Wigan here with me. We're answering all your questions. Um, we've got uh, Ray McKee. Congratulations on the socks, by the way, Ray. He sent us a very lovely picture of his dog. The with picture the socks. was amazing. And uh, so a new favorite Mets fan. Yeah, highly blessed image, Ray. We appreciated getting that, and I passed it along to Meredith too, because Meredith, our good friend, Mer- Dr. Meredith Wills, is the reason we had those socks in the first place. Um, she was the one who shipped them, so I sent her the picture as well, and she was very happy to see it. So um, he asks. How high a position do you think Jess Mendoza could achieve in a baseball front office? So I guess this is assuming that she like sheds herself of the conflict of interest, which yeah, is already a thing because she's already decided that she's not like the Mets are and her are no longer a thing. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. It seems like she's, it seems like she's happy with ESPN. I mean, I think she got reassigned. Like, she's no longer doing Monday Night Baseball or Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah, is she not going to be with A-Rod anymore? Future Mets owner Alex Rodriguez? (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. I don't know what her her ambitions are. Um, But, I don't know. It seems like she's happy with ESPN. Um... I would rather see a different woman than her that has like no conflict of interest. Um, I would like to see a woman GM. I also think she's kind of like, she's almost established herself too much as like a baseball analyst to be like a a good profile of a general manager. Um, And that's much more suited to like player development and things like that which she has which is part of what she did for the Mets um as cloudy as her role was we do know some of what she did but like yeah I I don't think that she'd ever rise to to GM position just for that reason because I think that people see her more as like an analyst type um but I don't know I mean I think she has she would be as good a GM as many gms are currently like she has the yeah, chops sure. for it yeah um but if she wants that job i don't know she doesn't seem like she has shown an interest in kind of climbing the front office ladder and i can't imagine why she would want to like spend her entire life like battling with a bunch of finance bros for uh yeah, right. for you know <laughs> Jeff Wilpon's pennies. Oh God! I mean, yeah. I know when the Mets were That's doing. That's a thankless job. Um, like how, like, because the thing is, is like, I know there's like a pretty like well-established precedence for like more media personalities and baseball analysts becoming managers, but I don't think that there's that much of a precedent in as far as them becoming GMs. Is there? I can't think of a single like, like 
like analyst who was who started off in media who's now a gm or became one i feel like there might be one in basketball i think Mm. but i can also probably you can probably assume that any female person in this kind of situation is probably going to have a non-standard pathway to wherever they're going so it wouldn't surprise me if like the first female GM does take a an unusual route to that position. Like it's Yeah, me neither. It's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be non traditional regardless. So yeah, I like Jess Mendels a lot. I wish um I wish things had been a little more on the up and up while she was here. Yeah. But I also kind of wish that like she wasn't, you know, held more responsible for her, you know, con- weird conflict of interest situation than other players have been, yeah. and other um, personalities have been. Like, I don't know. It was yeah. all just kind of weird and not great. And I really liked hearing from her. So I hope she reestablishes herself in some yeah. other kind of public facing role. Yeah. Be nice. Um,. So yeah, that does it for the comments that we have right now. Um, So I think it would be a good time to transition to walk-off wins. Um, By the way, if you're just joining us, this is a pod of their own live. We answered questions. Um, If you have questions in mind that you didn't get a chance to ask on the pod, we'll probably do another one of these in the future sometime. Um, And so... Let us know. Tweet at us. Our our Twitter is always open to you, to you lovely listeners. So please tweet at us. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to tell do- us your answers too. Like, yeah, yeah these are really good questions, and we want to know, especially like, if, uh, help us out on this opening day outdoor bar situation question. Yeah, yeah, that was a we're good. We're crowdsourcing one. this. New York City people, tell us where to. Uh, New York where City to watch. people who don't have like two kids no alcohol tolerance because i am not helpful yeah yeah um so yeah but we're gonna wrap up the show this week with walk off wins where each of us talks about what is making us happy this week baseball related or otherwise we alluded to linda's walk off win so i feel like she should go first linda servage what is your walk off win for this week i blame the best social media team for this but suspicious <laughs> Oh, he looks so good. Well, he does. And even Anthony Giacomo the other day was like, he's clearly the best person in camp. Uh, Michael Conforto said he looks like a monster. Um, and he's just having fun. Like, he grabbed the first baseman's mitt. It was Pete Alonso. He, he gave him his, his mitt, and he was having fun at first base. And today he made, like, a behind the, the back. That behind the then- back. Yeah, and then the underarm so that he always did. So oh good. my god, I've missed, I've missed Cespedes so much. I miss the swag. world, and we're all living in it. The swag, yeah. yes. He's having I've so much fun. That. I know. And then, oh my god, then he hit like a, a shot that got out in like three seconds, three point two five seconds, which is how long it took me to rev up the Cespedes hype train. Three point two five seconds. I was like, engines ready to go. Let's go. All aboard the Yoannis Cespedes backflip hype train! Like, do it! And then I think it was stupid as in why that like tweeted out like oh is this your opening day lineup and then it was like 
Cespedes, Alonzo, my man's Conforto. It's like, oh, imagine, imagine, imagine. Oh, you know what? This is live radio, so I'm going to do a Ioannis Cespedes special. I'll be right back. You two continue discussing. I'll be right back. I'm going to make a quick wardrobe change. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, and then, like, I think the other day somebody tweeted it was the anniversary of the rally parakeet. And then I think today it was the anniversary of the back half of the season. Uh, we're going to get so many great anniversaries of this everything. I know. Yeah, I was going to say now it's the second half of 2015. So yeah, it's going to be the five years since Yoannis did this. And, uh, and then uh, keep it just so much fun and you know he looks good i was gonna say he was he running the other day and like, I, I, like I, every video i watch of him in the outfield i'm like, like zeroing in on his legs i'm like what are his legs so like? i'm like is are he they okay? shaking is he okay is he, did that waver? is he moving is he limping is he holding anything but then favoring just, one side yeah like is he, but he looks uh, great kilter? like that, yeah but it's all for naught because he really does look i mean but like, even like, it looks okay. if there's no season, if you just want to give me a loop of Cespedes taking batting practice, yes, please. I would yeah. be okay with that. I would be In happy with that content. Yep. Yes. Like, if he's tired, he can switch off with Alonzo. That's that fine. Would be, that would be nice. That would be, that would be acceptable. Like have one go one day, one go the other day. And then like, he was sitting absolute moonshots and I, I don't want his tenure as a Met to end on a bad note because he was like the second half of 2015. Like there was no feeling like that, and it was due to him. A lot of it was due to him, and I don't, I don't want that to get ruined because of everything that happened after that. I mean, for what it's worth, every time he has been healthy, he has he hit. hit. Like that's he's always. I feel like. Um, his legacy kind of gets a little bit muddied with other players who have been hurt and also not really lived up to their expectations because yeah he's been hurt a lot but also he has lived up to his expectations when Mm -hmm. he has been healthy and like that's you know he's still got it and one of my favorite because i'm pretty sure i was on recap duty that night one of my favorite favorite games to recap was in 2016 there were facing the reds and i want to say it's like de sclafani or something and he was right. mowing him down and i was like really you can't hit anthony de sclafani come on and then they pinch it desperate he hits a dinger and then just leaves like he left the ball park they won the <laughs> game and it was like just the best like mic drop moment and i, <laughs> I love don't that. get like any cooler than that like yeah i hit a dinger we won well, let's go home i can I only aspire in life to be a fraction as cool as you on a suspicious obviously i'm not like no look at me. And i'm I not nearly as cool that. as you on a suspicious but i'm trying that's all that and matters. like the other day when he hit a dinger off lugo and didn't even bother rounding the bases he was just like whatever <laughs> yeah all right I love yeah him so it's much. gone Yep. That's Welcome that's back, the thing yeah. I'm most excited about this season is like two things. Basically, like Ioannis Cespedes like existing at all and playing baseball <laughs> and Jacob deGrom three-peating the Cy Young. Even if it's like a weird like asterisk Cy Young. Still counts. Still counts. He loses it and wins it next year and then it doesn't count. And then it doesn't yeah. count. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, then absolutely. That's the rule. Exactly right. <laughs> 
Um, so Maggie, what is your walk-off win for this week? Um, so I'm going to take it a whole different direction. Um, and this, as we speak, it may be technically out of date by now. Uh, but officially over the weekend, New York City clocked its first day since March 11th with zero coronavirus deaths. And like I said, the, the, these things get updated all the time. But the fact that it was there, and maybe yeah. still is, I have not double checked, but like, that's huge. And it is. Um, like living it is. through this in the city was just unbelievably intense. Um, and you know, people always say like, oh, you know, you say like, oh, there are sirens all the time. I'm like, doesn't the city always have sirens? Like, yeah, but the fact that everybody was like, wow, that's a lot of sirens, then you know, it's something how many it was. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, it's, it's really scary right now outside of the city and it's very scary being in the city and looking outside and being like, everybody just, just, just stay away. Like, don't no, like we we're, we're working on this, but it's, it was just like an immense moment of pride. And, um, you know, the city worked so hard and, um, and the people in the city work and like the, our hospitals and our, our, you know, grocery store clerks and our bus drivers. And, and it was, has really been, um, it's been a journey and it is a, it's still like very much a journey. Like nothing is over, over, but, um, you know, it's, it's been a while since we really had like an all around feel good sort of milestone. And that is a really good feel good kind of milestone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like way to go New York city, zero coronavirus deaths for the first time since March. And to think of just how, you know, it might not seem quick, but it was just months. Like, yeah. And so, you know, to get from... <laughs> cat content! Get it! Yes! Cat, 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 cat. So to get, like, from 10,000 cases a day to zero yeah. in... Well, not, not cases. The, the deaths. Oh, okay, the... deaths, yeah. But, but still. I mean, it's still, Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it was, still an impressive, yeah. It was a, uh, it was huge. I mean, we have had like 20,000 deaths. So to get that for a day at zero is, um, is immense. Yeah, yeah definitely. My walk-off win is like kind of oddly related to that, and I'll circle back to how it's related in a minute. But my actual walk-off win is the fact that today is my official last day as a um, as an Eagleton Fellow, as a Rutgers Eagleton Fellow, um, with the New Jersey Department of Health. So my fellowship tenure is over. Um, so yeah, celebrating with some a pot of their own and a backwards hat wearing. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm really psyched. I'm like proud of what I accomplished this year. Um, and so the way it's related to New York City is um, New Jersey similarly has successfully flattened its curve um, to the point where there's a there's a um, there's a website called covidactnow.org um, and they kind of take into account. So obviously there have been all these ma color coded maps out there. You can see them like whether there's like a rise in cases or a decline or just like a, you know, staying steady um, and the states are color coded accordingly. Um, but COVID Act now, the, dif the difference between that map and the others is that they don't just take case count into uh, account. They take a whole host of other factors into account, like hospitalizations, ventilator availability, like all sorts of transmission things. Transmission rate. Transmission rate, preparedness, testing rate, like mm -hmm. all of the factors together and sort of assess the states and how they're doing, how each state is doing 
And basically, it's only the only states right now that are green on the map, which means which the designation is on track to contain COVID-19 are Vermont, New Hampshire, and New Jersey. Um, so I am, you know, as someone who spent the year with the New Jersey Department of Health during a global pandemic, which is not something I anticipated when I started this fellowship, um, I just feel But would like, you recommend it to a friend or colleague? <laughs> I would not. Um, but just the the ever so small part that I was able to play in assisting the Department of Health with their response. I am so proud of my state and the fact that they've been able to contain this virus. Um, obviously, New York City got hit the hardest, but because New Jersey is adjacent and so close and so densely populated, New Jersey was hit very hard in the beginning. Um, and, you know, it was another state where other states were like, oh, New Jersey, New York, stay away. But now, like, we're the ones that get to be like, other states, stay away. Yeah. <laughs> um, we did ours. We're done. Not okay. done, obviously. There's a lot of work still to be done. Um, but I feel immensely proud of the work that New Jersey has done to contain this virus. Um, and so, um, yeah, and I'm just proud of the work that I did this year. And I'm really happy I'm to proud have. proud of you, too. Yeah, We're proud of um, you. You know, like. <laughs> there's value in civil service and I really enjoyed you know playing my role as a scientist to serve the greater good of the state I grew up in so um you know I'm really happy that this year turned out the way it did and I'm so pleased with how Rutgers has handled this brand new fellowship that they had no idea how it was going to turn out I think it turned Rise. out pretty damn good um and now I have this new job uh so I'm excited to start the next chapter um yeah but yeah fellowship tenure over done so that's my walk-off win for this week. I remember when your walk-off win was starting this Getting time. Getting it, I know. That's so long ago now. This, this podcast is older than my fellowship tenure. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been it's been a ride, um, but I'm pretty pumped about it. And yeah, I'm excited. So that's yeah, my walk-off win. Yeah, you should be. Um, but yeah, so thanks you guys for participating in the comments. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, we have some big announcements coming your way about a modified uh, Dollars for Dingers uh, program that we're going to launch this year. So get, get out your excited. checkbooks. Get excited. Get open your checkbooks. Get ready. We're still doing Dollars for Dingers. It may not be exactly the same as it was last year, given everything we will not be packing like 50 of us into, into a McKellar. no it's not no, happening no no no. no 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 um not safe uh but we are doing a virtual um dollars for dingers and we're really excited to to launch that for you guys so be look on the lookout for our, our social media amazing avenue social media for more information coming very shortly um, so very excited about that. But in the meantime, you can go to AmazingAvenue.com, read all of our fantastic content. We are just 10 days away from opening day, and we have our season preview series uh, launched in earnest. Uh, articles every day on all the Mets players that are on the starting roster. Um, more And more uh, content about, you know, utilization of the DH, for example. Uh, various other pieces um, about uh, about opening day. Uh, so we're really excited to get started, even though, you know, we have, all of us understandably have complicated feelings about the baseball season starting. We're still excited about it um, in spite of ourselves. So go to amazingavenue.com. It is here. Uh, you can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow this show on Twitter at A Pod of Their Own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. How about you, Linda Surovich? At Linda Service. <laughs> and you, Maggie Wigan. 
at Maggie162. Follow each of us on Twitter. Please subscribe to the podcast, to our amazing, amazing suite of pods um, on uh, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from. Rate and review the show. It really helps. The intro and outro to the podcast that's going to be on your feeds tomorrow, Wednesday, um, is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting. Catch you next time, Facebook. Thanks for joining us. Bye, friends. Bye.